0: You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks on Radio Regent in lovely downtown Toronto, and I'm your host, Rebecca Hayden. Hi, this is our very first show, and I'm excited to be here with my co-host, Michael Cassidy. And we're going to be talking about uh, plant medicine experiences, uh, which is a whole weird and wonderful world in itself, and so many people are discovering it. these days, with so many fascinating and mind-opening, heart-opening stories coming out of these experiences. And really, this is what we want to do on this show, is share these amazing stories with you. And I wanted to begin our first show by sharing my own story about how I became involved with plant medicines. Um, And first, I'm going to give you a very rudimentary intro to uh, plant medicines. Plant medicines are um, used in the course of shamanism, which is uh, a practice, an ancient practice of medicine. And the way I discovered this was through um, the studies done by Michael Harner in the 50s and 60s, and he studied these indigenous cultures and the way that they practice medicine. And um, plant medicines were a part of that An interesting thing that he learned, uh, having gone through these different um, ancient cultures that were living very much in the ways that their ancestors did, thousands of years before, um, at a time when the technology wouldn't make it possible for them to connect with one another. Um, So this is in the the 50s and 60s, and again, they've been living this way for a long time. They practice very similar um, medicine in a very similar way. So even though they had their own unique spin on it, they were all doing similar types of things. And plant medicines, one of the, the common things that was done across the board was they were in one way or another tapping into this expanded consciousness or making a spiritual connection through altered states. And these are where the plant medicines come in that they were used to do this. Now, there were other ways that they used to to go into altered states, some indigenous cultures uh, use sonic drumming in various other ways. <clears throat> but um, all of them were doing this, and it's an interesting uh, thing to consider, the fact that they were all doing very similar things at a time when they had no contact with one another, but they all did have this, this contact, this expanded consciousness contact. Um, anyway, five years ago, I knew nothing about any of this, and I was suffering from a very deep depression. Um, it, it was it was pretty devastating. It was something that went on for a number of years, and I got to the point where um, I was I was I was ready. Um, I, I had nothing else to lose. You know, um, everybody reaches some point during these kinds of trials, and this was the point that I reached where I was just um, ready for a change and. I reached out into the universe. I did something that I'd, it would never have occurred to me before to do, and asked for help. I just um, there was nothing to lose, and I said, "If there's anything or anyone out there that can help me," one night in my mind, I just reached out. You know, now's the time because uh, I'd exhausted, you know, every avenue that I that I I thought that I could take at the time to address my depression. Um, conventional medicine didn't work for me. It um, actually in many cases made things much, much worse. So um, I had reached this this pivotal point, and after that um, I started to discover all of these alternatives that I never knew about before. They had always been there, but I wasn't open and ready, and suddenly there they were. And one of the things was energy healing, um, which was a very unusual form of energy healing. It, it was uh, the kind where that I practiced where energy went through my body and moved my body in ways that were not dictated to by my mind. This was the energy that was moving through me and it was an amazing experience. I really had never experienced anything like it before. I didn't think this was possible and it was making me feel better. It was just the beginning and I went into research mode and had to know all about this and apparently energy healing has its roots in shamanism. So that is what took me forward with shamanism. And um, I again was in this remarkably open state, um, and I pursued shamanism with the same kind of you know open curiosity and conviction that I did um, with just opening up in general. And um, I I took a, a workshop that was designed by Michael Harner by his organization and. At the end of the workshop, things started to change too. I was connected with this helping spirit, again, a very foreign concept to me at that time. Um, but again, I was in this open state. If I had to dance around and chant and speak with you know, um, helping spirits, <laughs> anything that I had to do to get better, I was ready. And, and that's when you know, things really start to happen is when you, you become that open. So um, after the workshop, uh, my dreams started to change. I was told that I was connected with this helping spirit, and I decided to reach out at night before going into an altered state that we do every single night. That's an integral part of our health and well-being. I reached out and, and said, okay, let's take this out and see what we can do with it, this helping spirit, and I asked questions and asked for help, and... As I said, my dreams changed. Um, that that time in just before I fell into the dream state um, also changed. so I started to see things with my eyes closed, colors and shapes and, and images. and I realized eventually that I was, I was receiving response to all my, my questions. I didn't always understand them at the beginning, but this was definitely happening um, and Uh, another thing that was happening is I I sensed a subtle form of guidance. It's something that I didn't think I really openly acknowledged at the time, but now having had the experiences that I've had with medicine, I understand it a little better. And um, as I said, I was very um, questioning and constantly reaching out for help with things, with situations in my life. And what I sensed most often was this mirror being presented to me, this reflection back of myself. And this theme of um, looking to yourself um, for the answers as to why things are happening in your life is a continuous one, one that was underlined by the medicines. Um, so, of course, um, I, I continued to ask for help. And one night, um, I was very sick. I, was, uh, I had a very high fever, and, uh, which, of course, put me into, yet again, another altered state. <laughs> And uh, I received a message very clearly in words that, that spoke. And um, the message that came through was, Everything you need is inside of you. And my, immediately re- my immediate reply was, um, Show me, you know, show me what that is and how I can use that. And it wasn't long after that that I stumbled across my very first plant medicine, which was Iboga. And as it turns yes. out, Iboga is renowned for treating depression and along with addictions, anxiety, uh, PTSD and, and many, many other things. Um, so I did my research and one night as I was going to sleep, I, you know, in my mind I reached out and said, is this for me and if so, when, when am I going to do this? It was the dead of winter at this point. And again in that twilight state uh, which I learned was the theta state just before I fell asleep um, I got visuals uh, uh, with my eyes closed, and these were <laughs> very prominent psychedelic um, images, colorful and, and animated. And um, and then I got this close-up of, of green grass, and uh, that was an answer to my second question as to when I would do it. And again, it was the dead of winter. I didn't really like that response and went about madly trying to make this Iboga thing happen <laughs> for myself for months without any success until, of course, the snow melted and the grass was growing and then everything came together. And it was amazing. And um, my very first uh, experience in ceremony, once I, I was in ceremony with Iboga, was, was this same psychedelic image that showed up. And, and it was beautiful, um, breathtakingly beautiful and, and animated and, and went on for, for quite a while. And it was a wonderful introduction to the medicine. And then, of course, I did see a lot of things inside myself. Um, the first step in, in this response to show me, you know, show me what's inside that, that, that can help me. First of all, I needed to see the things that, that were not helping, you know, the things that <laughs> were, were very much getting in the way. Michael, laughing there in the background. <laughs> we're all very familiar with the bogus ways. And, uh, and, and this is often done in a very impactful way. Um, you know, these images are kind of burned into my mind and and it's, it's, it's intentional, you know, it's, 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 it has a good effect afterwards. It's good that you don't forget so easily these images about yourself that you need to see. And um, and the, this was not my only experience with Iboga, but it was certainly an important one. Um, another thing about Iboga is you're encouraged to write down questions in advance. so. Um, one of the most important questions on my list, on my extensive, far too extensive list, was um, what is my purpose? And the response that I got to that while in ceremony um, was I saw I was presented with two microphones. One was a round universal microphone, a lot like the one that I'm speaking in right now. And another one was an oblong microphone, and uh, as though I needed clarification, which I guess I felt I did at the time, I asked, how do I use my voice to serve my purpose? And again, these microphones were presented to me, the round universal one with the word speak, and the oblong one with the word sing. So here I am in front of this microphone, telling you my story, and along with these experiences of Iboga um, was actual real medicine. So when I came out of these experiences and went home, I felt the effects of this medicine. I was able to do things that I just could not do before then. Um, in fact, I was able to do some things that people in a regular state of mind, not just coming out of depression, would find it immensely difficult to do. I organized um, the renovation and sale of my house. I negotiated a separation from my partner. I found a new place, and I put my young son into school for the the very first time. These are all highly emotionally charged, difficult, challenging, stressful um, life changes, and I managed them all within months of returning from my Iboga experience. And of course, after all that was over, um, I knew that my work had to continue. Um, And I really wanted to experience ayahuasca, but I don't think ayahuasca was ready for me, and I wasn't ready for it. Instead, I found peyote, and I learned to trust these things. (laughs) And um, peyote was actually a very dark experience for me at that time. Um, It was um, very frightening, but again, very valuable. These experiences that are not pleasant are are extremely valuable, and, and I felt it afterwards. It was not an easy thing to go through, but I was taught a lot about how I... I tended to intellectualize things, and it would just go in circles and took me in a very dark place. And this was showing me what my mind was doing, um, which is one of the many reasons why I ended up in such a deep depression, and it just let me know that I was not, this was not helping me, and it was not taking me where I wanted to go. Um, and so then I returned home, and I was ready for ayahuasca, and it was ready for me. And all my plans um, to pursue that came together beautifully, and I ended up in Peru in the jungle, a place I've always been attracted to. I love the jungle, and there I was um, experiencing ayahuasca. And um, for those of you who are not familiar with plant medicine experiences, um, when we experience the medicine, when we go into these altered states, we experience... um, Some medicines as feminine and some as masculine with Iboga. Most people have a very masculine experience and with feminine with uh, ayahuasca, it's often feminine. Iboga is referred to as the grandfather or sorry the godfather (laughs) and ayahuasca is referred to as the mother or the grandmother and um, In my experience with ayahuasca, she appeared to me and this does happen sometimes. It's different for everybody and uh, she doesn't always appear in the same way for everybody and for me she appeared as a, a large insect which was not disturbing for me I, I actually think it was um, very beautiful and uh, she was very large and had six legs and, and wings and um, she gave me a big hug and it was an extremely loving experience and, and I felt wonderful and afterwards she set herself back and um, her whole torso was um, was made of Shipibo Keen, which is a, a pattern that people often see when they have ayahuasca experiences. You can look that up um, online if you like to see what I'm talking about. Um, and I, I, I looked at it, and for some reason it struck me as, as a machine. I don't know why this was, but um, my first response in my mind was, oh, it's a mechanism. <laughs> And she responded, and a dialogue commenced between us, and she responded with, look a little closer. And so I did. I, I looked closer at one part of her torso of this Shipibo Kin, this pattern. And the pattern started moving as I was looking at it, which kind of struck me. It reminded me of the, the quantum theory, um, the observer effect, which I hope we'll go into next month when I interview Dr. Emmett Goswami, who is a quantum physicist. But anyway, that's that's something that occurred to me while this was happening. And um, this dialogue continued, um, and she responded to a lot of curiosity that I had had uh, weeks before going to Peru. So while I was creating my intentions, I had all these questions in my mind. And here I was with ayahuasca in front of me. These questions never made it down on the page, but she knew, and she was responding to it. And one of the questions that ran through my mind at the time, weeks before, had been, um, what is the nature of reality? I wonder if this is something I could discover you know, through this purpose. And so immediately after our initial exchange, she, she just launched into responses to all this curiosity. And she said, reality is flexible. And she said, your reality is due to your state. And um, I found it amazing that she had been you know, there and aware of all of these questions that I've had and was just spontaneously responding. Uh, and then she, she launched into things that I guess she um, felt that were important to say to me. And she said, you are one of us. And she indicated the kind of work that I'd be doing. And I was very hesitant um, because I'd just begun my journey with these medicines. And I felt like, uh, oh my goodness, it, it just seemed a lot, you know. And so she responded to that discomfort by saying, uh, we'll stay with you and we'll help you. And it was always from the position of, of we. I later read something called the Ayahuasca Manifesto written by a shaman in South America who um, was channeling ayahuasca and, and she says, we are a collective. So this started to make sense only you know over a year later. Um, sometimes these pieces you know, present themselves and they only make sense in, in retrospect um, a time later. So, another thing that happened with my experience with ayahuasca is she took me into a dream that I had had a long time before. And this is one of those experiences where it happens and you know that it's true. It's just happening and you go, oh, wow, I'm in this dream that I had. And she showed me that she had been. Connecting with me, that she'd already connected with me long time before. It felt like long time before I was even, you know, in my depression. So she established that we had had that previous contact, and um, and it's very interesting that in the stories that we'll tell on this show, you will discover that a lot of people have these experiences beforehand, where the medicine works with them in different ways. But I'm sure we'll delve into that a lot in future shows. Um, So I I come home from my ayahuasca experience, and I'm in the shower, and I'm thinking about something that one of the facilitators said to me. I had gone barefoot in the jungle, which (laughs) was a wonderful experience, and she'd mentioned to me, she said, do you know that you have more pores in your feet than anywhere else in your body? And I thought, wow, I didn't know that, and I filed it away. And there I was, fast forward a few weeks later in the shower at home, having come home from my experience in Peru thinking about this, looking at my feet, and suddenly I hear in my mind, that's how they knew how to get home. It was an ayahuasca moment, (laughs) and this dialogue was continuing. And for those who've done ayahuasca, they can tell you we often get history lessons. We are educated about how these early indigenous cultures um, lived. And I was getting a lesson about how they navigated their world through their feet. And this is the reason for these pores. And it was fascinating. And I have to say, very surprising, because there I was at home, and this dialogue was continuing. And it has continued um, to this day so um it's changed my life in in every every way um there were more experiences with ayahuasca where uh, one very memorable one where she said we will speak through you and it was very powerful they they have ways of making you not forget certain things because there are many things in these experiences that you do end up forgetting um, so they, they have ways of making you not forget sometimes, and they're not always pleasant, but <laughs> they're effective. And um, I was asked to um, to pick up pen pencil and paper and write, and when I do this with intention, so what that means is when I do this, um, thinking about doing this in this way for this purpose rather than making out a shopping list, the uh, the voice that comes through is, is very different than my usual writing, the wording, the tone, everything. Um, and, and what it reads like is, is Toltec wisdom, actually. Um, so these are the things that have changed significantly in my life since my experience with the medicines that continue um, for me. These experiences continue every day and, and every night. You know I have interesting dreams that get you know more and more interesting as they go along. So um, one of the ways that a lot of people find their life changes is in their relationships. So it's not always just you know these things that we find really fascinating but not practical. There are many practical uh, things that change, and this relationship with my son needed a lot of mending, and it improved um, exponentially and, and continues to to this day and um, I continue to learn and be guided, and um, and I tell my son this often, you know, I'm just learning along with you, and it's been a humbling, challenging, wonderful, and magical experience, and continues to be. And um, Michael has joined me today. He wasn't really, he hadn't really, we hadn't planned on him joining me for the first show, but I'm really glad that he decided to, and I'm going to, um, Ask Michael to introduce himself and say a bit about himself before we start taking calls at around 3:30. So, um, Michael, please go ahead and I think hi, hi Rebecca,
1: we are. <laughs> <coughs> hi, hi everyone. I uh, want to first off thanks, uh, thank uh, Radio Regent for uh, ha- letting us do this show here and um, and to discuss about plant medicines. Um, I actually met Rebecca quite a while back, uh, was it just over a year ago, um, after she had come back from uh, her experience in uh, Central America with iboga and uh, a number of her experiences with ayahuasca. And I had actually originally got introduced to uh, plant medicine actually through a book, and it was actually quite serendipitous. I was asking at one point, about medicines and and just different things because i started studying with um, chinese medicine when i was younger and qigong and meditation and buddhist practice and Taoist practices and um you know learning about the body and energy and and i was always fascinated with that but i was asking and wondering more about chinese medicine and other medicines and I was fascinated with spirituality and I just it was interesting because I wasn't really moving on in my life in areas. I was finding myself challenged in my relationships. Um I had a huge addiction, uh, which was drama. <laughs> 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 which I think, you know, the stories that were going on around me in my life and I um I asked, actually, one day about, you know, what I I should do. And I was walking up the stairs of this um, restaurant that actually has a a Taoist temple adjacent to it. And I know the the people, and I'd, you know, been doing meditation upstairs. And I went downstairs, and I had a little bulletin board. And it had a... uh, It said Plant Spirit Medicine, and it was a book written by a gentleman in the United States called Alan... uh, I think it's Alan Cohen. And it came across... You know, is, is an interesting read. And uh, he spoke about connecting with plants through just setting in an awareness of yourself and, and how to connect them without actually ingesting them. And I'd heard of this sort of thing before in in ancient practices. And I had been introduced to sweat lodges eventually and other things and other things within my own culture because I'm uh, from an Algonquin heritage of a Métis in in Quebec uh, as well as Irish and we had been here for generations and I started to learn about you know different things but I never really wanted to take plant medicine I didn't think you really needed to you know it was just like I kind of blew it off and it came to me again you know somebody had mentioned something to me at a ceremony an energy ceremony a shamanic tradition that I was Practicing and and assisting with, and it was um, a lady who came to that, and she said to me, uh, "You know, I met this shaman from Africa, you know, last week, and I did a ceremony with him, and he has a cure for addictions." And I kind of raised my eyebrow and went, "Yeah, sure, right?" Because I, you know, as I, I said, I'm I'm, you know, part Irish, and we have a lot of alcoholism in our family, and you know, in that whole idea that you know you can't sort of cure that it's incurable and you know it's just something that happens to someone they have to deal with it and, and so i raised my eyebrow and kind of blew it off well a few days later i ended up bumping into this person with this shaman and i looked and and uh there they are and i went well, a high and i went and talked to them and they were sitting in a cafe and uh, she goes oh by the way this is the shaman and I looked at him and he was wearing like a baseball cap and a jersey and high tops and, you know, some bling. I was like, I looked at him and I was like, you're the, you're the shaman? And he looks down at himself and he looks up at me and he goes, What, I have to wear beads in a dress? <laughs> 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 and I laughed and I said, Well, sorry, no, man, you look like you're from Detroit, right? And he goes, Actually, that's where I live. <laughs> yeah, there you go and uh and uh, we just kind of hit it off and he came to one of the ceremonies that I was uh gifting at the time it was a type of energy exchange and afterwards asked me if I wanted to come and check out what he does and do his medicine and I was like yeah you know it's not really some my thing I kind of blew him off for a little while for about 6 months or so 3 months and uh it was a long time ago about 8 years ago and serendipitously um that winter, I ended up getting really quite sick with a virus, a, a flu virus. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was, you know, the R2-D2N1H1, whatever they call it. <laughs> and uh, what had happened is I um, I was on the way to the hospital finally, because normally I don't go to hospitals. I hadn't really been to a hospital in a long time. I'd see Chinese doctors and other herbalists, and and I, didn't, I was relatively healthy, and... Uh, I ended up uh, finally deciding to go to the hospital that day, because the gentleman I normally see in Chinatown, he was away. He was on vacation. It was around Christmas time. So I started walking to the hospital, and my phone rings out of the blue. And it's this shaman or medicine man from Africa, and he's in Central America. And he calls me up and he says, hey, brother, and I responded. And he goes, wow, you sound really horrible. (laughs) What's going on? And I told him what was going on. And uh, he said, uh, well, what are you doing about it? I said, funny you ask. I'm walking to the hospital right now. He says, don't go. Just go home. I'll be there this weekend, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll heal you. I'll help heal you, right? I've got these medicines, right? I, like, I said, okay. And he says, you're just going to waste your time there. You're going to spend hours. They're not even going to know what's wrong, and they're just going to offer you, like, pills or something, right? And they're not even going to know what's wrong, right? You're going to waste your time, and it's not even going to help. I'll, I'll be up there this weekend, and you know, I'll do this ceremony for you. So, you know, we hung up, and... I still went to the hospital <laughs> who's this guy. And exactly what happened. You know, I spent about eight hours there. They had no clue. The doctor was really quite rude. Uh, he had no clue what was going on. He, uh, he proceeded to tell me what I told him in triage, what was wrong with me. Right? And I was like, okay, can you tell me anything you don't know, that, I, you, know, that you know that I don't know? And he just said, oh, you know, I can give you some antibiotics. And I just said thank you, and I went home and... A Few days later, I ended up uh, meeting with this medicine man. Uh, his name is Mugenda, and he's a tenth-generation Bwiti Masoko Bwiti shaman from West Africa. Uh, you know, raised in the jungle there, and generations of shamanism. And, you know, I had no idea who really this man was, and it was one of the most profound experiences of my life. Uh, the next day, my flu was gone. Like within within two days, I felt amazing. And, you know, of course, a lot of friends of mine were like, you know, they knew where I was going to do the ceremony and they asked me, you know, what did I get out of it? The only thing I could really say is I felt free.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I was completely free to just be. Be who I am. Be me. Free of the drama. Free of the stories um, that were debilitating me in my life. And free to live my purpose. Right? Which was You know, as as we say, as a so fast forward, I've been now working and training and been to Africa several times, or a few times, and now I'm at that stage where I'm gifting ceremonies and, and doing work with people and counseling, and I just love it. And my purpose really is to be, and my passion is this work. And I think that's what the thing about this medicine more than anything, is that it helps people. To find their own purpose and passion in life and, and it's been amazing
0: it definitely does so um, it is 3 30 and we're going to be taking calls shortly so I'm going to um, leave you with uh, station identification and some lovely ambient music and we'll be right back You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks on Radio Regent in lovely downtown Toronto, and I'm your host, Rebecca Hayden. Okay, so we're back and we have a call. We're on the line with Xiao Jie. Xiao Jie, are you there? Can you hear us? Oh, hi. There Rebecca? she is. And Michael's here as well.
1: Hey, Xiao Jie. How are you? <laughs> Good. Um, thanks so much for sharing
2: your amazing stories. Um, I love listening. Um, yes, yeah, so I have a question for Rebecca. Um, uh, I was really intrigued about, you know, how this dialogue with Ayahuasca, you know, got started, and um was just wondering about, like, your role in that dialogue, you know, kind of, um, did you kind of have to agree to kind of receive guidance, or did it just kind of come? Like, what what do you think about your role in these interactions with current medicine?
0: You know, um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Um, I think that with... A lot of these things, I kind of responded as though, so surprised that all of this happened. But, you know, when I go back in my mind and I think about the kind of things that I was asking for, really, I was getting um, everything that, that I had been asking for. I continually asked for help, guidance, all of these things. And, um, and you know, this this concept of agreements comes up again and again, actually, even with the ongoing back and forth with us. So there are things that I express that um, I want, and um, I'm being told that I have to agree to it. And what that opens up is these deeper parts of myself that are that it's, it's revealed that are, are not always um, on board with what my mind thinks it wants. <laughs> so I'll say, I want this, <laughs> and I want that. and And what I'm being shown is these deeper parts of myself that are saying no and why. And so that usually launches me into yet another healing jag that <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> that, that I have to just kind of um, go along with, which has worked out quite well. It's just it's, it's, it's not easy. But um, in terms of this whole um, agreement thing, also I'm being educated about how many things that we do in our lives that we are... Underlying it all, we might not like what's happening, but there's there's part of us that's agreeing to all of this, and uh, learning about that has been really liberating. You know, um, there are actually I think some some shamanic practices I've heard about through other friends that are far more spiritually yeah, have a bigger spiritual background. You know, my spirituality in terms of my understanding of any of this stuff began, you know, uh, just as uh, my story says a few years ago, there's a lot of people I've gone to that have confirmed these things for me, like yourself and so many other people. You read extensively about this stuff. I do not. (laughs) 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 I have the experiences and I tell people and they go, oh, I read that in this or that, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, these. these I was an avid
1: re- re- reader myself yeah. of, of the whole thing, and and trying to um, relate to it, but not actually having the experience. Okay. And, and then conceptually, yeah, conceptually, mean, and, right. yeah. But uh, actually having the full experience of it as you go through it. Um, for some people, it takes months and months. They have the experiences keep coming for them because it's. Mostly with these plant medicines, especially evoga and and even ayahuasca, it's about really seeing the truth about yourself. Yeah. Really seeing about who you are and what is life, really what is life, what does it really mean, and ultimately how to live it for yourself.
0: Okay, this actually taps into this whole, the bigger agreement, our agreement to actually be here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, I remember one time I, I felt like this at the very beginning when this dialogue began at home, and I'm like, wow ask anything you know and and soon i realized that um it wasn't what i thought it was yeah (laughs) but (laughs) in so many ways so many questions were irrelevant in so many ways but one of the things i asked was um what's karma and the response was karma is your plan for your life and then again another friend who has a first nations background talked to me about how we choose our parents we choose our life and all this and it's like all of these things are kind of you know in agreement mm-hmm. with one another. And you had mentioned that that you had read something about agreements, not uh, not just, well, I think that we talked about the Tultic, um, the four agreements, but, you know, these deeper agreements that we all are making, you know, in our lives. Didn't you mention something about that, Char-J? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, how, how is that different
2: as well? But uh, I'm, yeah, very intrigued by the thought that there aren't things that we agree to that we're not even aware of. Um, like, for example, for kind of suffering, or if we really don't want to be suffering, but um, the idea that maybe at some level, like, part of us has agreed to that. Like, that just seems almost like a crazy idea to me. I was wondering if you speak more about
0: that. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, this is something that is reinforced constantly. So, you know, I, I think that that mirror that I first saw, and again, in First Nations and so many other shamanic um, traditions, this comes up about the look inside, you know, you wanna, you wanna solve the problems in your life, you're gonna have to look at yourself and because, um, underlying it there are a lot of agreements that we have, I mean, you and I often talk about relationships and I look at past relationships, any of those harmful relationships underlying it was an agreement, I stayed, you know, I stayed (laughs) in relationships that were very clearly unhealthy and so I had agreed to that and um, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is is a continuing learning process, you know. I remember asking, when when is this going to be done? You know? <laughs> 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 I work so hard. I want you so much. I, I want my certificate, you know. Yeah. And, it, and it's just, it's it's ongoing. But um, but it, it helps you to navigate your world in a better way to, I think, be aware of the fact that we're agreeing to these things. So if, if there's something that's happening in your life that's shaping you.
1: And, and who is it that we're really agreeing <laughs> with? when we're doing something and the decisions that we make with ourselves, right? And then I think that's where it comes from. Some of the, the idea is everything that we do, every decision we make will affect our life in a good way or a bad way. And that's really karma, essentially. It's based on the decisions we make um, going forward. And we do see things in ourselves that we want to do and we want to change or that we want to, you know, make different. But we have to agree. And who are we agreeing with? We're agreeing with ourself to, to actually do that. And in, in our tradition, we, we know in our way that there's really two of us. There's the physical self and then there's that spirit. And we like to call it our soul or our spirit. And, and everything else alive has that too. And they have their own agreements. And then we have a relationship to that. And if we don't have a real good relationship with that spirit of ourselves, which is, you know, that person we're talking to in our own mind. Yeah. <laughs> we're saying, you know, you know we're, we're good or we're bad or I'm doing these things or they're doing this and they're doing that. And we get caught up in our thoughts. And really, it's a decision we start to make about do we think positively or do we think negatively about things? And oh, yeah. to release the- that, you know, the, the life is beautiful, you know, but, you know, a lot of people will say it's not. You know?
0: So there's a lot of... Um, and there's a
1: lot of things where there's not a lot of beauty in a lot of places, you know, where people aren't really treating each other well, you know. But it all has to come back to our own relationship with ourself and then to the outside world, like, as they put it, the inner worlds and the outer worlds.
0: You made a good point about this um, bringing into the um, discussion of agreement what's happening in our minds, because um, then there's this other level where we've got these characters in our minds that are causing, wreaking havoc, and uh, we're agreeing to entertain them, you know? So, um, in the shamanic tradition, there are a lot of tools that have been given and practices about just kind of ousting um, you know, characterizing these, these thoughts that are happening in your mind, these thoughts that are negative and, and, and really harmful to you and um, characterizing them and, and and telling them to go or, or other many other creative yeah. ways um, yeah. That, yeah. That, that I've been taught to, to do this. <laughs> yeah. So when you are actually entertaining these thoughts instead of telling them to go or finding ways to, to shut them out, <clears throat> that's, in, that's in itself an agreement, you know. So discovering this whole world of agreements, I think, is extremely empowering, you know. Um, And and it's okay that you'll find yourself, you know, discovering an agreement that you don't like, but then you also have just discovered the fact that you can disagree with that. Um, There are times when I'm actually asked to say out loud, which is, I'm always grateful when I'm not in public when this (laughs) happens (laughs) to, to, you know, to agree to, you know, to be healed in, in some way, and and to not agree anymore with, with certain things. But um, I, I wanted to mention, cause you'd mentioned this yourself in your mind and, and there's definitely that. And um, for me, there is also um, this we, and then there's individual characters and then there's this higher self. I mean, for me, it's it's extremely complex at times and mm. any Boga has shown up at times and he's, um, well, he's got his ways of making it understood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, <laughs> very him. much so. <laughs> yeah, Boga likes to
1: show you the truth, right? And yeah, it's, he's it's, got no
0: bullshit about No, him. Yeah, he's a no bullshit
1: guy. <laughs> and, and, and the interesting, is, you were saying, in plant medicines, they, a lot of times they consider it either female or male. And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, they do call a Boga the godfather, or the chief actually is what they call it in, in a lot of the villages. and uh, And we refer to him as godfather or the godmother because it actually has two spirits. It has a male spirit and it has a female and this spirit. This is
0: another thing I was told. I, and, was, I was asking about that. And the beauty of book
1: is that, and it's funny, is that the spirit of the female are actually twins, and they've come to peoples in so many different ways. And it's just to show you, in a way, um, it, it comes to mostly people as the male figure, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of times as a female figure. And it's interesting in Africa, the way they do these ceremonies. Um, you know, the women have women's okay. rites of passages and initiations, and men have men's initiations and rites of passages. And they're done separately, but in support of each other, right? And uh, and it's beautiful the way they, they connect together and with the spirit of this whole tradition, which goes back thousands and thousands of years.
0: Yeah, I did ask at one time, you know, so when I was, I was hearing from Ayahuasca very clearly and said, you know, so is it truly your female. I don't know why I was curious at one point, but that's when it was revealed to me. It's like, we're both, we're all both, Mm -hmm. you know, all of us are both, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you will experience us as, you know, female. And, and then, you know, after that, I, I, I think that that pretty much satisfied my curiosity, surprisingly enough, for the time, because yeah. I know that these things get very complex, and then it's just understood that it's like, okay, there's no point in getting into this. That's right, you
1: know? You know? Like, so what does it have really to do with your life?
0: A lot, of the, yeah, a lot of this stuff is just like, this is just the way it is. Now yeah, let's move just, on to something yeah, that's going to help you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're expending energy on this. Let's make it worth your while, you know, and always back to me, of course. But yeah. um, anyway, I, I, I don't know if that um if you wanted to talk about that anymore, I know that we're getting up to a point where we're going to accept another call. Um, but um thank you so much, Sharjay, for, for calling in and for sparking such a great discussion.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for giving my
0: call. <laughs> and um yeah, I hope I hope everything's great there with you in New York. Thanks again for calling.
2: Okay, thanks. thanks.
0: Take care. Hi. Bye. Okay, so I think that we're going to
1: take that other call. Yeah,
0: take that other call, and we will leave you with again some more um, some more ambient music uh, by Lee Rosevere, and this is called Deep Listening. region in lovely downtown Toronto and I'm your host Rebecca Hayden hi so um, as it turns out it's Michael and I were just getting into another discussion um, and we wanted to share that with you for the last 10 minutes here today because um, it seems we're not getting any more calls today but um, we are certainly full yeah of <laughs> ready ready to
1: uh, talk about uh, the plant medicine world
0: you know the th- what I find with this with this kind of subject matter is that it's 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 always so fruitful, and the only problem usually is that there's a time limit. <laughs> people <laughs> love to talk about it. It's a fascinating subject matter, and it just goes on and on, and there's so many levels, you know, that yeah. you can talk about.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, people are having these awakenings now, um, and when I say awakenings, they're beginning to have an understanding. Uh, there's... That life has got something more to offer them and one of the things that's been happening I've been seeing a lot in the Western world especially um, is that people are becoming more depressed and more anxious and there seems to be you know a lot more addictions and drug abuse and and these are things that we don't really see in in the villages if many parts of the world. Actually you You know in the larger cities.
0: This is one of the things that I I had meant to bring up earlier when I was introducing shamanism is the fact that um, up until not too long ago, it was only the shamans that would take these medicines. They would go into the altered state for the person who came to them to be healed. And now we've got people from the Western world coming in and experiencing um, these medicines and I think that the reason that this is happening is because globalization is encroaching on those those cultures that well, are living in an ancient way and making it more difficult for them. In fact, they have their kids going out and experiencing these these things and um, being influenced by, um, by Western media and Western lifestyles, and suddenly they, they are now contending with addictions and yes, depression yes, they and are, things they've and they, never yeah. had to face before. And their response is, you need, you need this medicine. Yeah, they, <laughs> and you the guys, truth is, you, we you do. Other
1: pe- <laughs> people in the other parts of the world, you need to start to, to take these medicines to understand what you need to do with your children as well. No, I'm You're not exactly,
0: saying... And I just want to make it clear, this is, this doesn't mean that I'm saying to everybody out there, hey, everybody needs this medicine. What I am saying is that it's having a tremendous impact in a positive way yeah, uh, because of so. the people who are doing it and they're carrying that home with the changes that take place in their home life and in their communities yeah. and, and all of these yeah. things.
1: And, you know, for for centuries, these these medicines, whether they be in South America or Africa or North America or Central America, um, or even Asia and, and, and the Soviet Union with the shamans up in the north, um, they've had to practice, um, clandestine actually, they're, they're be very clandestine in their practice uh, because of oppression, of the use of not only their medicines but their own traditional ways. Right. And so they've kind of stepped back but now they're realizing, because as you mentioned, they're seeing this influx and globalization and they're seeing what's happening in their own cultures um, with their youth, and, and mm-hmm. that they're like now at the stage was, you know what? It's time that we all share, share in our value systems and our traditional ways. Um, and
0: we all have them, you know.
1: And in many ways, as we put it here in North America and in Canada, is, uh, you know, the decolonization of the world in that sense. You know, where we do all come together and not be um, against each other. That's know? right. And and actually. Natural medicine has been what we've been using for thousands upon thousands of years and there's no believe me, I've worked with a lot of people who've been wanting to get off medications and drugs and all sorts of things, but there are people that you know, and some medications that are important. You know, I don't discount science, it's all part of creation.
0: <laughs> and this is we're creating it.
1: So what do we do with it and how do we work with it, right? Together so that there's a common um, bond.
0: And I wanted to mention that when earlier when you said we, you know, th- we all come from some indigenous culture, all of no, us, we all are. every <laughs> single one of us, you yeah. know. And I think in the Western world, and, you know, um, the situation here and in many, um, many places like this where, you know, there is an indigenous culture that exists in, in, in Canada and then there's, you know, our history mm-hmm. um, of European descent that that came. Well, there's also our own history. Like, I have Irish roots, like you, and there's Mm -hmm. the history of our shamanism and the Druids and people who practiced medicine in a very different way early on. Mm -hmm. Like, we all come from somewhere that had these practices. You Mm -hmm. know, it didn't... It's not as though we were kind of came from somewhere else that was already modern you know no, no, <laughs> like this, no. No. Add, this is how no. things kind of and, unfolded and, right? and I love
1: you know in there's a lot of, of talk now about spirituality and, and people are you know, I remember years ago, you go to a bookstore and you see a small little section on self-help or spirituality—a very little section—and you go to a. We have major bookstores in right. our city, and you go to them, and there's entire the whole wow. bottom section, the yeah. whole wall is now about spirituality and new age, and and yeah. and in all of these different and shamanism, and 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 people are reading about more of it, and because they're trying to really connect, and they're trying to figure out something, because. People are saying that there's things that are not right in the world right now. Sure, yeah. You know, and it, it's interesting because um, I remember sitting with an elder, um, a Tao, oh, a person who works uh, and practices the Tao, as she calls it, and she was reading a book on Taoism, right? And I was like, oh, you, you know, and she was like, yeah, I figured I'd, you know, read up about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> she'd been practicing it for many years with, with other people that, that introduced this to her, masters and teachers and... And she had been practicing this. And the first time, and she looks up, and she, she smiles at me, and she goes, yeah, you Western people have some interesting ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, because uh, the people I work with in Africa, and the shaman I work with in Africa, Muganda, um, he, he he says the same thing, you know. And I had a very close friend of mine who spent some time in the Kalahari with some of the men in the, in the you know, and these are village, tribal people, and he's out there, and and they're sitting around a fire, and he just, you know, he's shared with them. He said, you know, you people from the West, you carry a lot of the weight of the world. You know, you carry all your problems on your shoulders. And, and, and he said, you know what we do? Is we dance and shake it off, and we step out of it. Actually, right?
0: you know, it, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, because when I took this um, workshop early on, and this was people going into altered states with just sonic drumming. And this is something I couldn't do. I mean, things happened, but they were so subtle and so short-lived, and at that time, not this full-color experience that I, that I was hearing other people having that it was very frustrating. But the, shaman- the shamanistic practitioner um, who uh, led the workshop told me about going into his own journeys and the fact that these spirit guides would say pretty much the same thing to him. He, he would be going to heal somebody of something, and he'd be there trying to find a way to do this. And what he'd find himself doing is dancing <laughs> or yeah. swimming. Yeah. And yep. he'd be saying, what okay. is going on? Like, I, I'm here to mm-hmm. ha- heal somebody. And, and the response would be, you need this, yeah. you know? Yeah,
1: and, and there are many practices. Uh, you have the, the practice of the Aztec dance. You have the practice of uh, even the Buddha have their dance. Oh yeah, I mean and kids. Their songs,
0: kids when kids know? are so young, they, yeah. they come out pretty much dancing. It's a very natural thing for kids to dance. They only become self conscious about it later when they're yeah. fully entrained yeah. by our environment. You no, know, and,
1: and it's not about you know, have to sing and you have to dance, but there is a saying when they um someone asked uh, would ask a traditional healer about um uh their, their own mental illness or their, their problems in their life, and if they were having you know, problems of their heart or their mind, they would go to the healer and the healer would ask them, um, when did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? Right. Important when questions. did you stop enjoying the quiet moments in your life?
0: So on that note, um, we're going to invite everybody who's listening to to do that. <laughs> and if you're not a singer or a dancer, or feel really uncomfortable doing that, then certainly enjoy the quiet moments in your life. And um, we're going to sign off now here at Radio Region in downtown Toronto. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. And we're just going to leave you with a little ambient music before the next show begins. Thanks again.